You're listening to the Spooniepreneur Podcast, the show that helps you learn how to pay the bills, find a sense of purpose, and build a life-first business. I'm your host, Nicole Neer, and on this podcast, I am taking you behind the scenes to show you what it really looks like to be an entrepreneur living with chronic illness. If you are a Spooniepreneur or thinking about starting a business, you are in the right place. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to the Spooniepreneur podcast. This is the show where I am taking you behind the scenes with all the nitty gritty of what it looks like to build a business as an entrepreneur with chronic illness. Oh, it has been a minute since I recorded an episode. It's so strange because you're listening to them, you know, week by week. And the reality is that I'm recording them and it's it's been a minute since I <laughs> recorded a podcast episode. And that's really because I've been so busy. Um, I have been onboarding a new client and had a lot of leads come in. And it's January is always a really busy time uh, when you are a virtual assistant. So I've just been incredibly busy. And I had a connection call last week with somebody. Um, We connected on LinkedIn and I just love getting on and doing what we call coffee chats with people. It's it's literally how I started my business. I would just go into Facebook groups and say, I just want to learn about you. I want to learn about your business. Absolutely no sales pitch, nothing. Let's just connect for 15 minutes. And I still do them sometimes. And so I had a coffee chat with this woman and we were talking about our businesses. And I, you know, I mentioned that I have several chronic illnesses and she was just, she was taken aback. And she said, of course she said, but you look so good. And I'm like, well, you can be sick and not ugly, right? (laughs) Like You can look good and have cute hair and, and wear makeup and still be sick, right? So there was that, but you don't look sick thing. But she also just said, how do you manage it all? Like, how do you actually do that? And it made me stop and think for a second because I take organization and the the very intentional approach that I bring to business, I take it for granted because it's my zone of genius, right? I mean, people pay me a lot of money to go into their businesses and help them figure out how to organize them and make them more intentional, right? So I take it for granted. But um, as I've been building this new business, um, I've been learning a lot about how to make it even more intentional. And so I kind of wanted to break it down for you of how I just manage to get things done most days, Um, even when I'm not feeling great. I've shared in past episodes this season that I've had some health stuff come up, right? Um, And I think I take it for granted, like how I actually manage to get things done when I feel like crap. So I I wanted to share that with you today. So that's what we're going to be talking about. So I think the most important thing, which seems like a... A no-brainer, but is a lot harder than it sounds, is listening to your body and what it needs from you that day or even just that moment, that season of your life. I know for me, um, the the physical seasons outside really dictate how I feel. Uh, It's winter now, and it makes me just want to hibernate. I work from home a lot more. I'm finding in the winter because I do have an office space, um, which has been a game changer, quite honestly, for me. But 
when I started my business, I, there was absolutely no way that I could have had an office space. It would have, I would never be here. Um, I started out working from home. I was always on the couch or I was in bed. Um, I didn't even have a desk really. I mean, I had one, but I never used it. Um, because I just, I couldn't do that. And that was that moment of my life. And I built my business that way, right? <laughs> I mean, it didn't stop me from running my business. Um, and now I have an office space because it allows me to do more concentrated work. So I come up here, I work for, you know, five or six hours, four days a week. And I get a lot done in this concentrated time. I I personally, I live out in the middle of the country, and so our internet connection is not great. So I come to the office and I have good internet, and so I'm able to do more because of that too, right? So it just, um, but it changes based on the season of your life, and I think, oh, so often entrepreneurs, they get stuck in a rut of, you know, when you look at traditional, at quote-unquote traditional entrepreneurs, there's this uh, perception of what your life should look like, right? You should be getting up at like 4 or 5 a.m. and taking a walk or, you know, going for a run and meditating and journaling and having this beautiful, nutritious breakfast, right? And you're doing all this before you even get ready for work or leave the house. Um, and it's so totally not realistic for most people, let's be real, but especially when you're living with a chronic illness. Um, but it's very easy to get like frustrated <laughs> because your life doesn't look the way that those uh, gurus think that it should look. Um, and I also think that it's very easy to get stuck in um, what you feel like you should be doing just as part of your workday, I should get up early and work so that I can get things done. Or even I should be done by 5 p.m. so that I can go spend time with my family. I know for one of my friends, her brain really doesn't come online until about the time that her kids are going to bed, right? So she does the majority of her work from like 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. And that works for her. You know, she's available for meetings during the workday. Um, it's not like she completely checks out, but she knows that the, the really intense work she's going to do is going to come later. And that's okay, too. I think it's about honoring uh, what works for you. And that's the beautiful thing about entrepreneurship, especially, I think, when you have a business where you can be a little bit more flexible. Um, you know, if you've got like an Etsy shop or something like that, it, it allows you just to figure out what works for you and to go with that. So, you know, but a big, big part of it is about location because your location is how you set yourself up for success. Um, it's it's an extension of you listening to your body's natural rhythms, right? So when I was in that moment where I had zero energy or even still today, you work from home and you're able to stop and take a nap, right? Um, you're able to work when you have more energy and brain power. It's just easier to navigate that. And I'm going to be honest, um, I, I have an office space right now, right? But um, I do have a big cushion <laughs> in my office that I use for naps. <laughs> so I can still lay down and take a nap. And in fact, I'm, I'm sitting here recording this episode and I'm, you know, it's about like 1.30 p.m. And I'm thinking about taking a nap this afternoon because I am just so tired and wiped out. 
<laughs> so, um, you know, it, it, but it's about honoring what you need. You know, if you need to stop work for the day because you're just mentally not there, you're physically in a lot of pain. Um, that is the key to productivity, right? Is is listening to yourself and not trying to attach a lot of guilt or shame into what you can't do. Because um, there are a lot of things when you're living with chronic illness that you can't do. And it's, it's you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck in that toxic positivity thing of, I can do anything I put my mind to. Um, I live with nine chronic illnesses. I have chronic pain. I have mental illness that I deal with. There are just a lot of things that my body just plain flat out won't do, <laughs> right? I'm probably never going to run a marathon, even if I wanted to, which I, I really don't. But like my body would just never let me do something like that, right? Um, I'm lucky if I can like walk the two flights of stairs up to my office, like that's a victory, right? So um, it's, it's also just uh, that process of accepting what you can't do. And that actually helps you be more productive. It sounds counterintuitive, but it's true. Um, another way that I have found to manage everything is I'm a little obsessive about organizing my day. <laughs> okay. So um, every day before I wrap up my work, I go in, I have uh, a project management tool that I use that's called ClickUp. And I have my to-do list in ClickUp and I go through and I make sure I know, like as I'm still in work mode, make sure I know what I need to do tomorrow, right? Um, for me, that works because then when I walk into the office the next day when my brain is still trying to come online, um, I have that to-do list and I'm not missing as much. And then in the morning, I go through that to-do list and I pick the top three things that I need to do. The things that, and, and I have criteria for my top three. They have to be things that I can get done that day. Like it's not, um, I'm going to build my entire website for my business today. That's never going to be on my top three. But on my top three could be write the copy for my about page on my website because that's doable in a day right? Um, and that top three is non-negotiable. Um, for me, it's non-negotiable unless there's something huge that comes up. And so it's important for me to choose those things intentionally. And I often add things from my life into my top three, right? Because they're all things that are going to take my energy. So if I know that, for example, I have to go to the grocery store after work, uh, the grocery store is going to be on my top three. And I'm going to be really strategic about the other things I do that day. So I hopefully have the energy to do the things I have to do in my personal life. So I am really, really intentional about that. And it helps me to organize my day because those are the things that I do first. Those are the things that get my spoons first. Um, so I use ClickUp for this. I love having a project management tool. It helps me organize everything because I'm able to go in and create tasks for everything. I can attach documents. I can attach notes. I can give myself these little clues of, of what I was thinking or what I need to do next. And it's just when I'm dealing with brain fog, having everything in one place is just such a game changer. And there's an app 
on my phone. So if I am in bed and can't do a whole lot, I can still, if I have a thought about my business, which quite honestly happens a lot, I can go into ClickUp and I can add that thought so I don't lose it, right? It's so much better than a piece of paper and a pencil because I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose it. It's on my phone and I can get it on my computer. I can get it on my iPad. Um, I can really work from wherever. And that is so important when you have a chronic illness is uh, giving yourself the option to work from wherever you need to work from, whether it's the doctor's office or, um, you know, (laughs) sitting waiting for, you know, test results or whatever, whatever that looks like. Um, Having the ability to to do that is is really important. So I also, you know, I struggle with brain fog. And when I'm dealing with brain fog, concentration is just such a struggle, right? And so I use something called the Pomodoro method, which if you're not familiar with it, basically it's a way of doing these concentrated little sprints of time. So I will set my timer and I'll work for 20 minutes. And in that 20 minutes, like the rule is I have to work. I have to put my nose down and I have to do things. And once the timer beeps, I've done 20 minutes of work. I set the timer again for five minutes and I let myself do whatever I need to do, whether that's I need to get up and walk around, whether that's I need to go make a cup of tea, if I need to get on Facebook, like whatever my brain needs to do to rest, I just let it rest for five minutes. And then I come back and I do another Pomodoro, which is um, 20 minutes and you do those Pomodoros three times and then you take a longer break for like 15 or 20 minutes. Okay. So it's just a way of kind of tricking your brain into doing these concentrated sprints of work. And when you're dealing with brain fog, um, that can make it a little bit easier for me. It's like a trick that I, I trick my brain into doing it and it, it makes it, a whole lot more productive. And there are apps that you can use to help you with this too. Um, You can use timers on your phone or your watch, Um, but it's really just a way of helping yourself to be more productive during the day um, while also honoring your brain's need to take a break (laughs) because that's really important too. Um, I know some people love to use time blocking in their days, meaning that um, they will say very strategically from this time to this time, I'm going to work on client work and this time to this time, I'm going to, you know, do things for my business. Um, I've got meetings from this time to this time and and they're very strict about what they're doing when. Uh, For me, this hasn't always been successful and I think it's a chronic illness thing to be quite honest. Because the issue that I've always run into when you think about time blocking is that I don't know how I'm going to feel from one moment to the next, right? So if I'm saying from 10 to noon, I'm going to be working on client projects and then I'm going to take a break for lunch and I'm going to come back after lunch and I'm going to work for two hours on uh, recording a podcast episode and doing some podcast stuff, Um I may not feel like doing podcast stuff in the afternoon, right? I may not um, have the energy, the spoons, or the brain power to do it. And then there's all of this guilt and the shame because I didn't get to do that thing. And then I have to figure out in my time block schedule when I'm going to fit that in. 
um, it just, it becomes this huge thing. And it makes me feel really bad about myself, to be quite honest. And I don't love it. And so I've just stopped doing it. So I know some people love it. For me and the way that my my illness manifests itself, it's not been a great thing. Um, I do try to um, schedule my meetings on Mondays instead of doing it throughout the week so that I can just show up and maybe do my hair and makeup uh, one day a week <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and have the other times to just kind of put my nose down and, and do some work. So that, that does help. Um, I also did an experiment last month where I took Wednesdays off. So I would work Monday, Tuesday, take Wednesdays off and then work Thursday, Friday, and then have, you know, two days off. And it was somewhat successful. I I know other people who have chronic illness who do this. And so I thought, well, I'll try it. You know, that might, that might help. Um, It was somewhat successful, I think, because the nature of my business is that I work with clients. I was still having to check in with work. You know, I was still having to look at my email. There were still times when I had to schedule meetings on Wednesdays. I just couldn't get around it. Um, You know, there were just moments when I had, there were just things that had to be done on Wednesdays. So I wasn't able to fully check out. Um, And so it, I, I guess I found that I would rather work five days a week and work shorter days than to take that Wednesday off, even though Wednesdays historically are just, I mean, I'm recording on a Wednesday and I feel dead to the world. <laughs> um, so, but I, I just decided that I think shorter days are, are the answer. But I, you know, there are a lot of people who their businesses are set up in a way that they could do that. Um, I think it's just about what finding this schedule that works for you. I think uh, we get really tied to what a work week needs to look like. I think especially if you're in the U.S., there's this mentality of you work nine to five Monday through Friday. Um, There's this mentality of needing to always be on. So checking your email all the time, checking in on Slack messages all the time. we get really stuck in what it should look like. And especially for me, living with a chronic illness, I found that I really have to divorce myself from what it should look like. Um, I do my best, but there are times when I just need to not be at my computer. I need to be resting. There were moments when I've got a lot going on in my life, like I need to go to doctor's appointments or therapy appointments. and I think we just have to give ourselves some some permission around the fact that we get to choose our schedules. We get to choose what it looks like when we live with chronic illness. Um, you know, something I've been talking about a lot with people recently is this concept of building a life first business. And I think that's what we do when we live with chronic illness is we really try to find a business that puts our life first, that helps us meet our personal needs um, above all of the professional stuff that comes. I mean, I get great satisfaction out of the business that I've created. I love, genuinely love the work that I do most of the time. Um, and, And I'm paid very well for the work that I do, but my life comes first. Um, and that's non-negotiable. And so I think that being really strategic about how you're structuring your time and honoring your body, you know, they both play into having a life first business. Um, and I think that the third thing that I really do that 
helps me get it all done, even though I'm living with nine chronic illnesses, is I have found a lot of shortcuts. (laughs) I am a big, huge fan of shortcuts. So about a year ago, we hired a housekeeper and it felt like such a, an extravagance, (laughs) right? To, to hire somebody to come in and clean the house every other week. Um, it's such a game changer to not have to worry about doing that. I mean, all of the energy that it takes to, to clean the whole house and do all of that. It just, it's, it's gone. I don't think about it anymore. Um, it's, it's totally worth the money. Uh, we just started doing HelloFresh, which is a meal delivery service, and it has literally changed our whole household experience at the evenings. Um, it's just my mom and I in the house. So, you know, cooking meals for two people is just such a hassle. Um, and eating healthy when you're trying to cook meals for two people is hard, um, you know, because getting the fresh produce in small quantities and everything, it just becomes this whole thing. Um, and so HelloFresh sends the everything you need for the meal, gives you these beautiful instructions, and uh, we've been eating so much better. I felt a lot better because I've been eating uh, more fresh foods, and it's just been wonderful. And it's, you know, it's more expensive than what we would typically do. Um, but it, to me, it's totally worth it. It's one of those shortcuts that, that helps, um, helps make everything run more smoothly. Um, when it comes to groceries, I love the fact that our local grocery store, Walmart, uh, allows you to order your groceries online and then just pick them up. So uh, it's not uncommon. In fact, tonight I have to go to Walmart and pick up our groceries on my way home from the office. So, um, but I love that it's just a way that it's just a shortcut that I can take to save myself spoons so I can do things in my life and in my business. Um, And then finally, I think I have used software and systems in my business to shortcut a lot of things. Um, I manage the client experience for my clients in a CRM called Dubsado, which I love. Um, It simplifies my billing and it helps with contracts and it helps me keep track of everything. It's just I wouldn't be able to function without Dubsado. Um, I mentioned ClickUp that I use for project management. you know, they're just programs and systems like that that I use um, to automate things, right? Because automation is really anything that you don't have to think about. So the more that I can have things in place that do the thinking for me, the less that falls through the cracks. Um, it's the same with, you know, I do things the same way every time. Uh, I am a creature of habit. Like, I just love it. But also um, doing things the same way every time it becomes muscle memory so that when I'm not feeling great, I can rely on that muscle memory and I don't have to worry as much about things um, going by the wayside. And, you know, finally, I mean, I have to put a shameless plug in. I have a team that helps me. Um, I very intentionally built my business to have people around me to pick up the slack when I needed help. And I think that it's okay to say, you know, You don't have to just function in a silo. You don't have to do it all on your own. There are ways that you can get help. Even if you're not making a lot of money yet, 
Um, there are ways that you can even go to places like Upwork or Fiverr and get things done, right? There are ways that you can barter with other people who are doing work that you need and you may have a service that they need. Like do, do a swap. That's totally okay. Do some bartering. Um, there are ways that you can get support and the help that you need. Um, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to realize that you you may not be able to do it on your own. I know certainly I could not do it on my own. So um, I think it's okay to to acknowledge that you need help too because I think in all of this, you know, all of these tips that I'm giving you, it's really about building that life first business. It's about building um, a life that is, is as good as it can be with chronic illness, right? I was talking to one of my friends with chronic illness um, and we were just talking about mourning the lives that we thought we would have. And I think there's also some mourning the businesses that we think we should have. Um, it's very easy to look at entrepreneurs who are not living with chronic illness and to see everything that they're doing and to feel envious of it because we know that there's just no way that we could manage to do all of that. You know, we do not have the same 24 hours in the day as Beyonce, right? We just simply do not. Um, our bodies will not let us have those same 24 hours. And it's hard to deal with. It's, it's, that never goes away. Um, but the one thing that I do know is that a lot of those people do not have life first businesses. You know, they are 24 seven feeling like they have to be on and that's not the kind of life that I want to have, you know, regardless of, of my health issues, I want to have a business that, um, runs smoothly that I can feel some ease in that pays me well, but also allows me to have a life. And so I hope that some of the tips that I'm giving you in this episode will help you, um, maybe just give you a little bit of permission that you're on the right track, uh, help you to give yourself a little bit more grace as you're navigating business with chronic illness. But I also hope that maybe you heard a couple of things that you might want to try in your business to help you be just a little bit more productive or to get things done more efficiently. So that is it for today's episode. But as always, 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 I want you to remember that we can do hard things if we take it one step at a time. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening. If you're looking for show notes from this week's episode or want to build a toolkit to help you create a life first business, visit www.theresilientbusinesstoolkit.com for free resources. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to rate and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.